Welcome to Lorehammer Listener Lore, the Warhammer 40k podcast where you get to write the script. If you would like to submit your story, you can email lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support the show and maybe even jump your story in the line, or maybe even read stories with me, or maybe you have a story you would like to read to me, head on over to Patreon at Lorehammer Listener Lore and check out all the cool ways to get involved and support the show. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to Lorehammer Listener Lore, the 40k podcast where you get to write the script. Hey everybody, I'm Mark and joining me today we got Epic Taco. Welcome back. Howdy. Uh, today's we got a pretty good story. I feel like I've been in like a Eldar mood recently. I've been asking for some Eldar short stories and people have been delivering. Yeah, now it's Eldari now, so Drukari, uh, Eldari, Yanari. I'll take Exodites. Well, we had there's been Exodites before though. Yeah, yeah, we we did the one brainstorming. Yeah, I feel like I'm just riding this Eldar train, which is abnormal for me. I'm more, I'm not really a leaf lover. I'm more of a rock and stone kind of guy. Yeah. (laughs) So the story we have today is called Craftworld and Nari, and it is by Paul. Craftworld Inari exists as a warning to the few Eldari that know of its existence. Its slow descent from prosperity, a reminder that even the Eldari must be cautious in their application of technology and judicious use of foresight. Even among the Eldari, the denizens of the Craftworld and Inari were and are obsessed with prophecy. The interpretation of prophecy, the Craftworld's zealous adherence to the will of its farseers, and the craft world's uniquely powerful engines enable the craft world to escape from many dangers. In particular, the birth screams of Slanish that decimated the majority of the Eldari race. In the aftermath of the fall, Ananari prospered through continuing to follow the timely divinations of its farseers. The craft world's reputation, fed by its proud people to anticipate and evade dangers of all kinds, became its downfall. Its reputation made it a target for Drakari, Eldari possessed of an utterly evil nature. The Drakari made depraved sport of hunting the Craftworld and its people. And as the Craftworld's legendary escapes fed to its notoriety, so too did the more and more Drakari fleet seek to be the one to claim the Craftworld as the mark of their superiority. This is fucking cool. I'm liking where this is going. <laughs> Through countless Drukari raids and sabotage, the Craftworld's Infinity Circuit became damaged beyond repair. The Infinity Circuit could no longer provide enough power to simultaneously move the Craftworld at speed and maintain life support systems for the Eldari who lived on it. (laughs) Simple solution. Uh, Torn between keeping their people from freezing to death and evading the Drukari, the Farseers directed their scientists to develop a technology that could create a pocket dimension for the craft world to exist in that was totally, totally inaccessible from the webway where the Jakari made their lairs. Despite circumstances proceeding an extreme rush, the craft world's engineers created the Gossamer Shoal, 
a pocket dimension that utilized technologies different from those of the webway on the most fundamental levels. Bitterly aware of how dire their circumstances were that they were forced to use an untried and dangerous technology on such a massive scale. As the craft world was folding into the Gossamer Shoal dimension, its millions of occupants were collectively holding their breath. Initially, Ananari's gamble paid off, and the craft world was safe from its enemies for a long time, but the cost would soon become clear. It was eventually discovered that the craft world could not leave the Gossamer Shoal dimension at both a time and place of choosing. If the denizens chose a particular location in real space to emerge, the process of emerging would have totally unpredictable duration, anywhere between a nearly instantaneous to a million years. Alternatively, the exact time of the craft world's emergence could be controlled, but the location could be anywhere in the galaxy, indicating the heart of a dying, <laughs> including the heart of a dying star the middle of an orc invasion, or any number of particularly dangerous location. Therefore, each time the craft world enters the Gosmer Shoal, its next return to real space must be planned. Entering and exi exiting the Gosmer Shoal requires a tremendous amount of energy, which places demands on the craft world's infinity circuits. Worse still, the more energy that is siphoned off the infinity circuit, the initiate or terminate a visit to the Gosmere Shoal dimension, or initiate or terminate a visit to the Gosmere Shoal dimension. The less energy is available to maintain the delicate uh, meteorological balance required for the craft world's biomes to grow food. And here, <laughs> there's not enough to go around. <laughs> I feel like this guy really gets the tone of 40K. And if yeah, it's that certainly not a Mary Sue, that's for yeah. sure. <laughs> and if that wasn't bad enough, guess what else? <laughs> Fucking sweet. The less energy is available to maintain the delicate meteorological balance required for the craft world's biomes to grow food. And there is not enough to go around, even if no visits or from the Gosmo shore to or from the Gosmo shore are made. When Ananari emerges near inhabited planets, its military forces enact raids for the power sources and foodstuffs that it requires. The Ananari are aware that these raids echo the voracious or the voracious raids performed by the Jagari, a resemblance that the source of great unspoken shame for the Eldari and Anarnar and Anari. Take it away. Although initially it was the grim hope that the deaths of their warriors would fuel the infinity circuit and allow it to regain its power generating capabilities. As more and more aspect warriors and guardians sold their lives to protect the craft world's future, it became apparent that the Infinity Circuit could no longer exceed the power output that it maintained. Determined to restore their craft world, the Farseers skined, skined the multitude of futures, both near and distant, for possible solutions. As it had come to them many times before, a prophecy eventually arrived to the Farseers. They foresaw with alarming clarity that unless every last member of their craft world, as well as every future member of the craft world, dedicated themselves to either the path of the warrior or the path of the seer, the craft world and all its people would be destroyed by an unrestrained civil war. Shocked and appalled by this revelation, a small minority of Eldari did the unthinkable by questioning the wisdom of the Farseers. To an Eldari, single-minded obsession is the only way they can exist. To restrain their baser instincts for self-indulgence and to stave off the Inu? 
uh, Craft World Eldari rigorously dedicate themselves to a path, essentially a vocation that consumes them entirely until the Eldari chooses a new path. To extricate themselves from their existing paths and swear off any future paths beyond that of the warrior or seer was anthema to the Eldari of the Anaran. And although only a few dared to voice their opposition to the Farseers, many were gripped by fearful uncertainty. The leaders of the dissidents attempted a coup by recruiting a number of aspect warriors to their cause and convincing them that assassinating the Farseers would unmake the prophecy and free the Eldari from their fate. The Farseers predicting this coup came from the most came to their most trusted military allies for protection. A among these allies was oh gosh, um, Akasin Thotul. The tale of Craftworld and Arn has never was never decided by a single being, but the most impactful being in its history was without a doubt Ekisen Thotul. And Atark? How you say that one? Autark, I've heard it said, but like, Autark. you know, you know, it's an alien word that's not real. So. <laughs> uh, and Autark, whose profound sacrifice was forever altered, has forever altered the fate of his people. To earn his place as an autark, Lotul had mastered many of the aspect warrior disciplines, but had never become so focused on any one of them that he became an exarch, trapped eternally in a, on a particular discipline. During his service as a warp spider, however, Lotul had very nearly fell to the fate of an exarch. So obsessed was he in understanding the underpinning philosophy of the warp spider shrine, yet never feeling like his quest for his knowledge was satisfied. When Thotul was informed of the prophecy and of the center's plan to attempt to coup, his spirit broke. It was at that moment he understood the sacrifice he must make, and he understood the aspect of the warp spider as never before. Resolving to slaughter every single dissident to avert civil war, Thotul began with the deadliest of the dissidents, a warp spider's exarch. The graceful combatants clashed in a staccato of bursts of ripping metal, both pausing to recess their strategies. An unaugmented human would have been totally unable to track the movements of these duelist blades. Only the onlookers knew the warriors best. Only, yeah, only the warriors best understood that the two beings severed their ties to one another. The emotional wound would haunt the survivor forever. Amidst the shattered wraith bone of the warp spider shrine, Lotul executed his student, and in doing so, killed a part of himself. Ritually removing the late exarch's armor, Lotul felt the path of the Autark, and for the second and last time embraced the path of the Warp Spider. Assuming command of the Warp Spider Shrine, Thotul and his newfound followers began the nightmare task of murdering the dissidents in ones, twos, and threes across the craft world, using their warp jump generators to attack without warning as he slaughtered his kin. The trauma of murdering his student burnt itself into his soul when and he withdrew further and further into his mask in a desperate attempt to distance himself from the trauma. When the dissidents were finally eradicated, Ekazin Thotul was no more, replaced by his war mask and little more than a finely honed killing machine. To this day, Craftworld Anarin reveres the Warp Spider Aspect Shrine above all other shrines, for it is the Warp Spiders who acted decisively and sacrificed a portion of their sanity in order to protect the Craftworld as a whole. Craftworld Anarin continues to uphold the prophecy 
with unquestioning devotion. Every Eldari is prepared at a young age for either the path of the warrior or path of the seer. And they likely boast more aspect warriors and warlocks than any of the craft world. In order for non-martial duties to be fulfilled, the craft world sparingly raises the wraith constructs and ensures the craft world's needs are met as best as they can. When the call to war is sounded, Craftworld and Arn always answers, and their frequent wars aim to safeguard their fellow Adari at any cost to the other races in the galaxy. The Craftworld symbol of Inarn is an eye atop a mountain, seeing all enemies before they arrive. Okay, that's pretty cool. Okay. There's a couple really big pieces of technology that I really like, like this Gosmer shard. Yeah. <laughs> It seems like it could be more efficient, but I mean, uh, <laughs> it works. It works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I just like that. Like, you know, that's the thing. If you make these like crazy technologies, like they do exist. Yeah, in yeah I love a little downside. It's so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Can't be perfect now. No, exactly. It's rushed. rushed. <laughs> um, the transition of power from the farseer to the military is interesting too. They go from like, you know, just wanting to look into the future and dodge everything to finally realizing you, there's no dodging it. You just have to be able to go yeah. through it now or whatever. Yeah. It is what it is. <laughs> it is. It fucking is what it is. Uh, the character Akison Thutul. Uh, that's a pretty cool character. We get to kind of see his walk through Warp Spider to Avatar, back to Warp Spider, <laughs> sacrificing himself and like engaging in a brutal civil war to save the craft world and then going insane and then going insane as is tradition for any any military man i suppose any eldar worth their weight yeah <laughs> um i would i'd love to see a model of him he seems like yeah he yeah he feel yeah he feels like somebody who has a reason to be in the story yeah, yeah. No, he's a he's a really cool character. I like him. Um I I must have missed this one little bit about the prophecy. So what what was the prophecy? Do you remember? Uh prophecy was that unless everyone became either a Farseer or uh aspect warrior, there would be a civil war. I see, I see. And, and then, then that happened. Because <laughs> <of the> <laughs> yeah, and then they, they had a mini civil war instead of a full civil war. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just testing the waters, just dipping the toe in. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool story. I feel like I got a lot of information there. Uh, I feel like I can picture how they kind of are and work. And uh, I like even the little bit that they acknowledge. They're like, "Ooh, yeah, we don't like the Dakari, but we're pretty much Dakari now." Yeah. <laughs> we don't feel great about it, but it yeah. is what it is. It is. <laughs> it's just their motto. <laughs> it is what it is. Oh. Cool. Uh, anything like it, else? Sorry. Yeah, it's like just the right length for um, like a, here's here's you, you know you meet somebody at the store or whatever and they ask you know what's what's the lore behind your thing you just give them this this is like just right. Just that right. It's yeah. Just enough to not become like a full short story and <laughs> but, but also enough that they're like okay I get it I get it I get it I get the flavor you're going for it I I have a couple questions too about it you know whatever. But uh, it was all good. It was all good. That's what you want from some lore. It's perfect. 
Okay, well, that's all for this episode of Lorehammer Listening Lore. Thanks, everyone, for listening. If you want to support the show, don't forget to go to Lorehammer Listening Lore Patreon, and you can throw me a couple bucks, or in the link description below, there's one-time donations. Um, Taco, thank you for joining me. Well. Till another time. See you on the flippity flop. Thanks for listening. If you would like to submit your story, you can email lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out our Patreon page and support the show at Lorehammer Listener Lore. See you next episode.